Welcome to the Flock Talk on this sixth episode. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in wherever you are. Hey, let us know where you're listening from by commenting on our Facebook page. Search the Flock Talk, and that Facebook page is at U of O Flock Talk. Also, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe and download the apps on iTunes and the Google Play Store, and take us wherever you are so you don't miss the beat. Rex and T will join me shortly, and we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, last Friday the 13th, Syracuse upsets last year's national champion. Clemson 27-24, and the Cal Bears blow out number eight Washington State 37-3, just as we thought the Washington schools were controlling the Pac-12. Washington goes down by Arizona State 13-7, and also one more top 10 team falling LSU, beating Auburn 27-23. Talking Ducks again, Ducks are struggling. Offensive young, scoring hard to come by. And uh, got a good note, though, Justin Herbert returned to practice this week, but is very limited, and he suffered that broken collarbone uh, back a couple weeks ago versus Cal. I'd like to bring in the talented folks on this show, uh, Rex Gardner, TIV Boys. How's it going? Pretty good. Hey, Gary. All right, so uh, jumping in this show to the Rex report. He's got stats, inter- uh, stats injuries. Rex, what do you got for us? Well, Gary, uh, not a whole lot, you know, to take away from Stanford Oregon game, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit. So starting just some stats, uh, Royce Freeman had 143 yards rushing on 18 carries, and the Ducks ran for 300 about over 300 yards uh, as a unit. And so I thought, knowing that everybody in the whole world knew we were gonna run it down their throat, um, still coming up with 300 yards was pretty good effort from that offensive line and from the running backs. Um, other than that, not really much stats. Brandon Schoolier leading receiver with two catches for 15 yards, uh, as we only completed four passes on the night. Oh, yeah. So um, we threw the ball 11 times total. Uh, that just kind of shows you that Taggart didn't really have much confidence in our uh, passing game. Uh, I thought Burmeister, a uh, couple of those throws that he did make, they were good throws, but he stared down his wide receivers, and so the safety came over the top on the first interception, and the second one, the defensive lineman, stared, knew what was happening the whole whole way. Uh, moving over to the injury report here uh, to, for coming for this Saturday against UCLA. Uh, A.J. Hodgkins now listed as questionable uh, against UCLA with a leg injury, so it, he might be back in action within this week or the week after. Burmeister has been uh, named starting quarterback again for UCLA. Um, on the offensive line, Jake Pisarchik and Tyrell Crosby both uh, listed as questionable, and so that could be kind of an interesting story. Uh, two of our best li- offensive linemen, if they might not be able to go this weekend. Tony Brooks James also listed as questionable. Um, Kelani Apelu still out for the season, and Khalil Oliver transfer. Justin Herbert still out indefinitely, but yeah, as you said earlier, Gary, he's back in. Pe- he did uh, practice the last couple days. Um, pretty limited, I think. I think it's just kind of some timing and some footwork and throwing the ball around, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a good sign uh, for everybody out there that he's at least walking around <laughs> yeah it's uh, pretty quick to get back on the field especially from a bo- broken collarbone yeah i mean he uh it's a luckily i think it's a i think i don't know if he actually broke it i think it was listed as a fractured collarbone okay uh non-throwing shoulder so i think it's kind of a matter of um when can that thing get hit by uh, another person basically right. i think that's what it comes down to all right, so a uh, question for both of you guys. Uh, Ducks muster up only seven points, only seven. This is so uncalled for for the Ducks. What's the world going on with our offense right now? Yeah, yeah. early in the game, uh, I thought this could be a shootout almost. 
did. I mean, both O-lines were just seemingly dominating the line of scrimmage. Royce had holes, you know, it was wide as a pickup truck to go through, to run through. And uh, it was surprising. I mean, Ducks just couldn't finish a drive and Sanford could, and that was mm-hmm. the problem. Uh, we had some uncommonly or untimely turnovers, and that was the difference in the game. I mean, we lost we lost the game in the first the first half. Um, we lost all momentum, and then Stanford's O line took over after that. Uh, just those untimely turnovers killed us. It's a uh, it's that's that's uh, the been the problem the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think uh, going just to like something that maybe out of all these um, problems we have, the thing that we can control the most most is the penalties uh, and it seemed yeah. like that that drive i don't remember i think burmeister actually scrambled and uh, got a first down and uh i think johnny johnson got a holding call and mm-hmm. killed the drive there and then there's a couple other drive killers and you know we're having false starts so we're getting starting at first and 15 on an offense that's already struggling so i mean if penalty if you take really one thing that you got to fix the most it's got, i think it's got to be penalties um we're the worst in the nation i saw that we have the most penalties through every football bowl subdivision team so far. So, yeah, that's – I mean, you, you know, you, I don't know if we win this game, but if we wouldn't have had penalties on those drives and maybe uh, didn't kill our drives and gave Royce a few more chances, and, you know, it might have been a little closer at half at least. Yeah, Rex, when you, when you can't throw the ball and you're going backwards, that is not a good combination for offense. <laughs> that's not a way to score points. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not good. Uh, yeah, you, as you guys say, uh, Braxton Burmeister, 3 for 8, only 23 yards, 2 interceptions. So uh, only passing the ball 8 times and having 2 picks, uh, not so good. It's unheard of, you know, at Oregon. Usually when uh, you look at the box score, you get these crazy numbers. Um, back, mm-hmm. like just, I just remember back in the day with Mariota, you know, it was video game numbers for Mariota and Freeman. and I mean, Braylon, is... Braylon Addison would have 180 yards, you know, catching and – and you know now I just look at this box score and there's there's nothing in there. This is this is unheard. I mean this is I mean this is bad for anyone in the nation, not from just Oregon in the past. This is I mean there is there's we can't move the ball through the air. It's just all there is to it. It's just so hard for me to believe that we're such you know we're just so rep for a high powered offense and you know our first string quarterback goes down and it's like we got a high schooler in there playing D one. Yep. yep. Exactly. It's yeah. All right, moving to the other side of the ball, talking some Oregon defense. Defensive coordinator Jim Levitt tweeting after the game, I knew there would be moments like this as we build this defense. Been here before, and we will find a way. Played many freshmen tonight, and who are trying. Uh, T, wasn't as good as it was in the past defensive-wise, but uh, pretty strong offensive line by Stanford. If uh, Got to give them a lot of respect. Yeah, uh, Gary, Stanford's uh, Bryce Love gets all the love, but I think his O-line deserves a lot more credit than they're getting. Um, all those all those announcers uh, on Saturday night, that's all they talked about was love, but they weren't talking about those freaking huge holes that the O-line was uh, creating for him. Um, but I think their size, their footwork, and their togetherness are just too much. We were just too much for the Ducks, D-line, D-line and linebackers, especially uh, not having their starting Mike backer. Um I feel there's a play in there. I don't remember where. I think it was early first quarter. Um, Stanford runs this play. I don't know if it was a trap or it could have been a windback play. Um, but anyway, the guard pulled and was going to kick out the DN. And he, I mean, Hollins played it right. He came up. He didn't get he didn't get sucked upfield. He, he pinched down the line just like he's coached. And the guy just, I mean, it just looked like a, you know, when you're a big brother, you, you're playing backyard football with your big brother. And they just, 
it was bad. Uh, Hollins is a little undersized, and it showed. Uh, he got crunched, and Bryce Love went for a touchdown. I think it was their first or second touchdown. I can't remember. But, yeah, just Oregon was outmatched by that line. D-line didn't hold up. Linebackers didn't hold up. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough outing for the defense. I'm trying to just go into some stats here real quick. Troy Dye did his thing. Ten total tackles, three, three by himself. Of course. And, uh, Jimmy, I thought a guy that played pretty well, uh, Jimmy Swain, nine tackles and five by himself. He seemed like the uh, guy that was kind of all around the ball on Saturday. Uh, some other guys that did pretty well, I thought Thomas Graham, D'Amador Lenore, both uh, five tackles and six tackles each. So um, they played a good amount of the game there. Arion Springs kind of got pulled near the third quarter. Uh, at one point in the game, uh, Austin Faolu, uh, uh, sorry, Thomas Graham, D'Amador Lenore, Jordan Scott, Samson New, and... Uh, Let's see. I think there was one other. There were six true freshmen all out there at one time, um, pretty much the whole third and fourth quarter. So, uh, like what you, uh, Jim Levitt said, defense is pretty young. A lot of freshmen out there. Um, Brady Breeze also played, and a couple other guys. So, I mean, looking at this defense, yeah, they did struggle, but you got a lot of faces that you're going to see for a long time. And I thought that they, you know, with the offense putting them in pretty bad positions, they, they played pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say well, but they, you know, they. They were in rough spots. and They played hard. They played hard. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, the second and third quarter held them seven points. And each time they had – Stanford had the ball, they were at the 40, the 30, the 50. And, you know, they just had the ball three minutes earlier, two minutes earlier. That's, that's even being generous. So they were on the field two-thirds of the game, and they were young. So I think there was a recipe for giving up 49 points, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah Rex. When, when you – I mean – when I, I mean, right now, our team, including my coach, we're playing two true freshmen, two young, or well, not true freshmen. They're just freshmen. They're freshmen in high school. And when you, when you ask them to start at a higher, I mean, last year they were playing junior high, and, and for in Oregon's case, last year they were playing varsity football. When you think, make that step up, I mean, you all you can ask of them is to play as hard as they can because I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not experienced, they're not as big. So you, you got You really have to just ask them to play hard and do their job. And if they're, if they are you know you, you uh take that as a success yeah and i think actually um just kind of i mean i didn't rewatch the game or anything but just from what i saw it seemed like the guys who got the most exposed or didn't play as well were actually the experienced guys i didn't think henry mondu had a very good game he had some penalties and kind of was in some bad positions uh ugo amadi didn't have a great game he kind of got burned quite a bit and then arian springs had his worst game of the season so far yeah um, yeah, I start talking about him, and we guess what he does? He gets pulled. Uh, and yeah, they well, he kind of had a good good start, and uh, they went so they started throwing at Thomas Graham, the freshman, and Graham kind of had stopped him, and then they went yeah. back to Arion, and it kind of got exposed, and then those two jump balls that they threw in the touch in the end zone there that we just kind of got out manned, and just in bad positions really. But, yeah, that yeah, receiver just, was huge. That receiver they had that kept getting those jump balls was huge. Was yeah, he was like six. six. He, he looked like a like a left tackle. He looked like a tight end. Yeah, he looked like a tight end. They just put number nine on him. That's all. It was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, a, he's an offensive lineman. Yeah. So I mean, like yeah, like we it's were difficult. just saying, um, you know, the team, the defense is only going to get better. I mean, both sides are only going to get better, but especially the defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, moving forward next year, Troy Dye is still only a sophomore, and you know he's going to be he'll play here junior year. I don't think he's going to be your senior here. He's he's going to go to the NFL, but. Uh, those guys like Nick Pickett has played really good all year, and uh, Jalen Jelks had another good game as well. Yeah.
All right, coming up in the Flock Talk, T will be back in about 30 seconds talking the film room, and also we're going to talk about uh, Ducks at UCLA playing in the Rose Bowl this weekend. Uh, time announced 1 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, so we'll be back in 30 seconds. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence, distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Flock Talk on this sixth episode. Uh, T and Rex with me midway through the show today. And uh, T with his big segment today, The Film Room. TIV, take it away. Yeah, Gary. Um... Let's be honest, this this young true freshman out of California, he's been inconsistent at best. The quarterback, Braxton Burmeister. Um, I dove into the film uh, the film this week to break down what's been going right, what's been going wrong. Um, Burmeister's making one common fixable, I say fixable mistake, that a lot of young quarterbacks have, uh, that they do. Um, Braxton is making pre-reads, but he's not coming off them after the snap. And uh, Burmeister's first interception exemplifies exactly what I'm saying. Um, Stanford showed man-to-man pre-step. Uh, they were right on the line. It was. It looked. I mean, even uh, it would have fooled me. I would have thought, okay, this is man-to-man. Uh, <clears throat> the Ducks had the perfect man-to-man uh, feeder play call. It was the number one option on the play was a t- Tony Brooks James on a wheel route. Wheel route. Wheel route is a fake um, flat route, and it turns into a vertical. So it's it's Tony Brooks James versus a linebacker. And as a coach, you're going to take those odds every day because they're fact. I mean, Tony Brooks James is faster than every linebacker in the, in the nation. <laughs> Um, but right at the last second, the cornerback who made the interception, he was actually a cornerback, uh, used what the coaches call a bail technique. Uh, this is essentially where a quarterback shows man-to-man press coverage, and then he turns and runs 10 yards back, and that instantly uh, tips off that zone. Um, a more experienced quarterback uh, like Mariota, the guys before, um, they would have read cover three. And cover three is uh, three men deep, each taking a third of the field. Uh, if you don't, uh, that's a very common defense in football. If you know, if you know and watch football, um, Braxman didn't make this connection and forced the ball into double coverage. Uh, the corner, hey, give, but give that cornerback a, a credit because he made a hell of a play. That was actually a well-thrown ball. He put it where, I mean, he put it right on the outside shoulder of Tony Brooks James, but he came flying over and from his own and made the play. Um, and in that situation, the Burmeister gave Stanford the ball back on the ropes, down 14. Uh, Burmeister had Benoit on a check down for a first down, and that would have been a huge first down for us. Um, as a young quarterback, you just can't make that mistake uh, at that point in the game because, we were again, we were down 14. We were kind of moving the ball on offense. The first the first quarter, we were moving the ball. Uh, the run game was working, and, uh, and he just can't make that mistake. Um, again, it's a very common mistake. A lot of quarterbacks make it once they see something, they can't get it out of their minds because they, they're what, what Stanford was doing was showing a lot of stuff. They were showing a lot of different reads and then they were flipping right at the last second. Then they did it exactly because he can't, he wasn't making these reads in previous games either. But with that being said, with that big spiel, um, with all the negatives, there are some positives. Um, first, first and foremost, Brax is a hell of an athlete. I mean, we all see that. That's an obvious stuff. Fancy that across the board. Um, he seems, I mean, as a true freshman, you don't see this very often, but he seems to be one of the more athletic guys on the team. 
Uh, he's making a lot of plays with his feet. He's running the ball well. I mean, those with those 300 rushing yards, a lot of it has to do with him because he's a threat. Herbert's not a threat to run the ball, really. I mean, you know, he, he does scamper once in a while. But Burmeister is a real threat to run the football because he's got he's got speed to burn. Um, second, uh, earlier in the second quarter, uh, Braxton did exactly opposite of what I, I what I just talked about him making uh, bad pre or bad uh, pre snap reads. Um, he progressed through all three of the routes. He looked at school at first and then came off to the other the other receivers and then he ended up hitting Royce Freeman on a dump off for a big first down. It was like a it was only for seven yards, but it was exactly what we needed in that time. And it moved the change, uh, the chains. Um, I think the coaching staff is capable of coaching him up. I think he's capable of, of making the reads after the after the snap. And I have I, I have I have some hope for Duck fans and for uh, Braxton Burmeister in the future. So it's not all it's not all lost. Yeah, the stats were horrible, but I think I think uh, he's going to have a big week this week. I think this really just says a lot about how special Herbert is. And starting last year as a freshman, you know, he came in and threw those six touchdowns and was kind of putting some records up and putting big numbers up. It just shows how good, really talented Herbert is, not as much um, where Burmeister's at, just because freshmen aren't usually supposed to be ready to play this kind of football yet. Yeah, he's, he, Herbert's almost still almost underrated because of how, I mean, he's so young still. I mean, last year he came out and looked like an experienced quarterback that's been doing it for, you know, four or five years. Looks yep. like it, you know. So that just shows how impressive Herbert's year was last year, and that's and that's why people. And it's still he it continued it into his sophomore season. I mean, so mm-hmm. let's not let's not think that freshmen are just you know supposed to come out there and dominate like Herbert. He's a special case. Um, Braxton's making mistakes that freshmen make. So let's mm-hmm. uh, let's not panic. Exactly. Let's, let's stay with it. Don't turn on Burmeister. Let's stay with him. That music can only mean one thing. And then we have the question of the day, and that question is... Guys, a lot of frustration after the Stanford loss. A lot of comments on Facebook and Twitter. Duck fans have gotten unused to getting blown out like we did at Stanford. Uh, what are the fair expectations for the Duck team going forward? Are we kind of waiting for Herbert to come back in uh, starting quarterback? I know we have a tough schedule coming up. Uh, obviously, this week we go to UCLA. Then we uh, home versus Utah. Then we got to go to at number 12, Washington. Uh, so what are we expecting for the Ducks going forward, Rex? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, uh, expectations maybe not just in wins and losses, just kind of the type of play. I mean, if they keep playing hard, um, and then I would just like to see them, you know, clean up the penalties, and I think that's kind of what a lot of people are thinking. You know, maybe some fans think we should win four out of the last five or whatever, but, um, you know, take Herbert out of the equation. You know, he comes back. I think that changes your expectations a little bit. But uh, looking, you know, at the schedule, you know, with the way Arizona handled UCLA last weekend, I think – this is slowly but surely turning into a must-win for the Ducks if you're trying to get bowl eligible, um, assuming that you want to take and go, you want to win the Civil War at home against Oregon State. So, because um, Utah, Washington are great teams, and then Arizona's looking better and better each week. So, yeah, expectation-wise, I think if they just continue to improve, the young guys are playing good, and uh, you know your vets like Royce and guys like Troy Dye are playing, you know, doing their thing. I think you can be happy in regardless kind of the win-loss scenario. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rex, I agree. Um, uh, I feel like it was a real – I mean, I feel like a real disappointing loss because of how we played, how we lost. We didn't We didn't have the quarterback prepared. He didn't play well. Um, we did run the ball well, um, no doubt, no doubt about that. Our defense played, you know, he, they got dominated on the line of scrimmage. But that happens to a lot of teams against Stanford. But we need to be I – mean, I think going forward, as we, as we forget about Stanford – 
I feel like we need to be in, more competitive in, in all these games. Um, you know, Washington State it was competitive the first half, but after third quarter, it was uncompetitive. Stanford was uncompetitive from the start. We need to be in ball games. We need to be these true freshmen need to, these the young quarterback and the the rest of the freshmen need to be playing close to tight ball games to get experience. Um, and to keep to keep morale of the team because I feel like it, the morale the, the juice as Taggart calls it. Um, I feel like it went all the way out the window after the second quarter of that Stanford game. But you know we can't. I I, I don't care. I really don't care if we win another ball game. Uh, it's not a big concern of mine. I mean that's kind of how coaches think. As long as we keep playing to the level that they should. If they get beat by better teams that are just better, that's fine. Um, but we need to start playing up to our potential. When Herbert comes back, yeah, we expect to win. We expect to win these uh, these kind of ball games. But with these young quarterback, with the quarterback situation we have right now, it's quarterback's the most important position in in all of sports, in my opinion, in all of sports. Yeah, T, going back where you said uh, you don't care if Ducks don't win another game, uh, we damn better beat Oregon State. Yeah, I agree. Got to beat those guys. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you had my words. You had my words there. Yeah, we better beat Oregon State. That we're better than that team. But all, all I'm saying about that is if if we play to our potential, if we play as well as we can and we still lose, let's not let's not freak out as Duck fans because this is a very mm-hmm. very young team. I, I know I, I I do I expect Ducks to lose the rest of the games? No, I think we'll win a couple more games. I think we'll get eligible. But what I'm saying is if we play, I want us to play to our best ability, focus on us, and then if we don't win another game, then that's okay because we're playing to the best of our ability. But if we if we, if we we do, I think we do. I think we play to our best of our ability. I think we win. I think we win a couple more games, and that's a duck bench to look forward to. Let's not freak out. Let's not panic. Um, a lot of football to be played. Um, this Ducks team is young. Just stay with them. And I think, I think one of the most frustrating things, too, was that, like, we started 3-0, and we, I mean, besides the second half, we handled Nebraska at home, and we handled Wyoming, and you're two points away from starting out 4-0, and then, you know, beating Cal, you'd be 5-0, and and I think that's, we're just so close for a 5-0 start, and, you know, kind of feeling like one of those old top schools again, you know, where we were ranked that for the week against Arizona State, so, I mean, we, it was like we were close, we were there, and then... Now we're just so far from that, and we're only a couple weeks removed. So I think that's, that's, that's kind of where the frustration comes from. Yeah, that's a great point, Rex. I mean, that's I think that's where the frustration stems from. But when you lose a guy like Herbert, and when the quarterback, just like I said, I, I you know I guarantee you that the quarterback is the most important position in football. When you lose a and guy, yeah, in, in every every oh yeah, in every sports, in, more than point guard, more than goalie in hockey or oh, whatever, yeah. Yeah. it's the most important position. It's all of sports, and if you don't have that, if you don't have that guy that's been there, it's been their stud. It, you're a completely different team, and that's what we got to. Duck fans have to accept it's you know it's life. We just have to accept that we're not going to be the same team we were a couple of weeks ago. And looking at Oregon State, the last time they were um, pretty decent was when the last time they actually had a decent quarterback. And in these last few years here, they haven't had any, a really good quarterback at all. So, yeah, I mean you can and you can look around the Pac-12 and say that probably about every other school as well. Yep. Uh, what I'm expecting going forward, you know, we got UCLA. I hope we can get a win down there. We got some good weather coming up. Uh, like, like Stanford. Like we're getting punts blocked. We're I don't know that punt block. I was kind of watching on it. It looks oh. like our guys just kind of got blocked right into uh, the punter. It was just mm-hmm. just right there. I just kind of flipped it over to the <laughs> damn MLB game because uh, <laughs> it was getting so ugly. Like we, you know, like. I'm just so used to like such high-powered offense scoring 50 points, 40 points, at least 30, and mm-hmm. uh, 
I mean, last two, three games, we haven't scored anything over 25. Yeah, yeah, Gary, that, that, uh, what you said about the punt. I mean, those, the, and the penalties, what Rex talked about the penalties, those oh, are yeah. things, those are things I'm talking about. Be better at th- those things that we can control. You, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't control getting walloped by a 330 pound lineman, like I was talking about mm-hmm. when Justin Collins did that. So you did, they're just better than you. That's just being better. Right. But the little things like blocking, uh, punt blocking and, and, uh, penalties, those are things we control and play better. Yeah, that's discipline, coaching, fundamentals right, right. there. And, and that's right. yeah, that's the thing that they can control, coaches and players. And going back on the penalties, weren't we one of the worst penalty teams last year? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And now here we are yeah. again. I mean. I think it's been a few years running here. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, what, why do you think it's why are we struggling so bad with penalties? I mean, is it the high-powered offense? Do we need so much communication on offense that it's throwing things off a little bit. Some things too complicated. Gary, there's, there's really no excuse for it. I mean, yeah. you guys are just, there's, I mean, as coach, you can't, you can't say, Hey, here's why we're, here's why we're holding guys. Here's why we're false starting. Here's why we're blocking guys in the back. There is really, there is really no excuses. And, and uh, Taggart's going to tell them that uh, Taggart. I mean, these penalties aren't a, um, you know, aren't coming from Taggart's coaching. It's, it's mm-hmm. these guys just, you know, they get out there, they want to make the play, you know. But as a coach, he's gonna I guarantee you he's hammering home that you can't hold on guys. You can't fall start. That just drive killers and you know, defensively you can't hold guys when you're covering them. Because it's just first down after first down. Um but yeah, you just can't you, there's no excuse. And I think a thing that we, we're not used to seeing is we've had teams with guys who have positions locked. They're gonna be the guy no matter what their performance is on Saturday. And these guys are so interchanging. They're beating other people. They're trying to beat other people for a starting position. And there's so much battling. They're playing so hard that, you know, they're trying to make that extra play. They're trying to take that a- extra half second. So they're getting a false start. They're, you know, trying to make the extra blocks that are holding or blocking in the back or, you know, they're, they're getting a late hit or the personal foul. So I think it's, uh, it's you know, it's not like all, all bad things. They're, you know, they're playing hard, but you still you can play hard, but you can still play smart and, Play hard. Play hard within the rules. That's that's what you got to do. Exactly. Okay, so next week coming up on the Pac-12 Network, one o'clock, Oregon at UCLA. UCLA three and three total record, one and two in the Pac-12. Uh, wins coming versus Colorado and versus Hawaii and versus Texas A&M. Uh, coming off a loss last week at Arizona, forty-seven to thirty. Uh, keys of the game, Rex and T. What do you got? Uh, yeah, Gary. Um. I feel I feel like I've said this before on this show, and I'm gonna keep saying it because I'm I, you know I'm an O line I'm D line coach. I think it comes down to our defensive line. I think it's getting a pass rush on Rosen. He's uh, been it's it's been proven this year that once he gets forced into uh, make quick decisions, he makes the wrong decision. He has a lot of interceptions. I think Arian Springs could get a pick. I think Thomas Graham could even get a pick. Uh, I you, uh, I look for Jelks to have a, a good game. Um, I feel like Hollins needs to make up for a couple of uh, bad contained plays from last week. I think he gets after the passer. Um, I think it comes down to our D-line and offensively. Uh, I'm going to talk about it again. I think it comes down to our offensive line. Um, this going to be a common theme for me in this show is talk about the, the two lines because I feel like that's where football is won and lost along, uh, along with the quarterback. The, the O-line has got some key injuries this week. Can we overcome them? I, I hope, I hope, I hope. Uh, Crosby plays because he's uh, by far head and shoulders the best alignment, probably the best alignment in the Pac-12. I would say um, he's t- he's top rated in a lot of draft classes, 
but yeah, I think it comes down to the, the the trenches this week, and I think I think Oregon can do it. I think I think Burmeister can have a better game because uh, Taggart's already talking about he's having a good week of practice. Um, so yeah, let's, let's let's see what our O line and D line can do. Yeah, I think I think I like what you said there. I think we can do it as well, and I think there's just going to be some things that's going to need to happen for that to be the case. Um, you know, Rosen he's going he's throwing it about 40 times a game. Uh, he's got eight interceptions on the year, so I think you know he he really. I watched him play Memphis a couple weeks ago, and he, he really forces the ball, um, especially if he's getting hurried. So I think, yeah, like you said, uh, defensive line gets some pressure. He's going he's gonna to force some throws, make some mistakes. we got some pretty athletic corners and safeties that can um, catch the ball, as we've seen earlier in the season. Uh, but they got some really good wide receivers. Darren Andrews has seven touchdowns on the year. I think wow. that's a guy to watch. Uh, if, we, if we can kind of stop that connection there with Rosen, uh, that might be a big, big going forward. But, yeah, it comes down offensively. I mean, it's 10, point, 10 points the week before, seven points last week. We're going to have to score at least 25, at least 30 points, somewhere in there. Um, and that's at the very least because – Yeah, um, that just know, gives us a chance. As much as Rosen forces it, you know, a couple of those are going to be good balls. A couple of those are going to be touchdowns. Uh, just because you throw it that many times, there's bound to connect on a couple of them. And he's a really good quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's going to be in the NFL. So, uh, I think, like, yeah, it's just can we score some points? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, that yeah, I like that number, Rex. Twenty-five or thirty. That that gives us a chance to win. Let's just say that if we can get that, we can ask our defense to hold them to thirty points. I think that's a fair number. I think if we can get you know thirty-one, thirty-two, kick a field goal at the end of the game or something, I think Ducks can pull us off. It just it just comes down to Burmeister and and uh, hoping he he comes off his pre-reads and uh, you know just if he has to just dig and dunk down the field, you know, throw it to your yeah. throw it to your running back, throw it to your tight end. Uh, What's his name? Breedland's playing a lot better. Um, yeah. You know, don't force the ball downfield. Um, and I think the Ducks can do it. You know, the running game's good enough. All right, talked a little football there. Oregon at UCLA this weekend, 1 o'clock, once again on the Pac-12 Network. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about Oregon basketball. Uh, good season last year. Went to the Final Four. Couldn't get it done uh, versus North Carolina. But what is their look for this year, uh, men's basketball? I mean, they're trying to give away these season tickets to the younger crowd, Rex and T. Uh, man, I like to make a lot of games this year. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing the Empire ticket, and I think that's um, just kind of, you know, Oregon basketball doesn't sell a lot of season tickets. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of basketball schools do besides, you know, the big dogs like Kentucky, Kansas, and such. Uh, I think it's just a new – they're doing some innovative, ticking, tick, innovative ticketing – wow, that's a word uh, – for <laughs> football as well. And I think it's just, um, you know, prices are going up. It's harder for them to afford, so I think they're – you know, they're trying to do some things for the fans as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I think just uh, as far as um, what to expect on the year, you're going to have a pretty young, inexperienced team, um, but talented, but inexperienced. Peyton Pritchard's really your only player coming back who's only a sophomore uh, point guard, and he's, you know, he played in the Final Four last year. He started for the Ducks. He's going to play really good. But um, I think a guy that's going to be big for us is Elijah Brown, transferred for in for us. So he's a junior. Uh, he's – 6-4 guard, he's got some size. Um, but then, yeah, you got the freshman class, Troy Brown, Kenny Wooten. Uh, there's some really good, talented freshmen that we'll see how they work out, MJ Cage. And then, then we got some seniors on this team that have transferred in. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – I think it's going to take some games for them to get kind of rolling throughout the season. Yeah, about those tickets, uh, I got a phone call from the ticket office. You know, they're they're they were talking to me about playing, getting season tickets, maybe maybe buying a couple of a four pack, 
So it, you know, I really think they're trying to get people in there for games, and that's and that's good. I'm definitely going to go to a couple games. I could buy a season ticket right now for ninety nine dollars. That's a damn. That's a steal. But I, you know, I live too far away to be going there every 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 week. But anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be a new team for the Ducks this year. I mean, we're losing we're losing a lot of guys. In the NBA: Jordan Bell, Dylan Brooks, Tyler Ennis, uh, or Tyler Dorsey, Dylan Ennis. Sorry, Dylan Ennis, Tyler Dorsey. Um, the big B, he transferred. So it's going to be a completely new team for the Ducks other than Peyton Pritchard. Um, so one thing I, I don't want Duck fans to do is, is start thinking Final Four right away. Go, well, let's let's give them a few games to get to get together and start uh, getting the continuity because basketball, you really have to be comfortable with who you're playing with. Um, so let's, let's, let's tamper these expectations of Final Four or Lead Eight or whatever. You know, let's just take it one game at a time, see how these new guys do. And I'm really excited to watch the Duck basketball this year. Yeah, me too. I think it's I think it's going to be a good season, I, and we have a favorable um, schedule if you look at it off season wise or non conference wise, uh, and it just it mat matches up here to like kind of get the ball rolling. You know, you get those exhibition games that everybody gets, but no nobody really big. And then then we play in the PK eighty tournament, and we're going to get some games there. I think uh, we're lined up to play a UConn first game there. Um, that's Phil Knight's right. birthday tournament, and there's some good teams there. I think Duke's there and. Stanford's there, Kentucky's there. There's a lot of big schools, um, so Ducks might get some really good games in there, and then you kind of get some more, um, some more garbage games: Texas Southern, Portland State, Fresno State, and then go right into conference play at home, home, home and home against Utah and Colorado. So the schedule looks good for kind of an experienced, an inexperienced Oregon team. Yeah, definitely looking forward to some Oregon Duck men's basketball, and uh, hoping the Oregon Duck football team can finish strong, uh, leading into Oregon basketball. Uh, also, uh, NBA score last night, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, big win last night, 124-76. T, I know you're a big Blazers fan. Oh, yeah, that was that was great. It's a great start for the Blazers. Hopefully we go 82-0. <laughs> so uh, that's going to wrap things up today on this sixth episode. My name's Gary Snyder for Rex Gardner and TIB. We uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>